Hilchas Tshuva Perik Shmini Halacha Alav Hatevat Tzunulat Tzadikim The goodness hidden for the righteous here Chayel Elam Abad the life of the world to come. V'hein it is a Chayim Shem Amavashimayin life which has no death with it Vatevashenim Ara and the goodness which has no evil mixed with it. Who Shakasav Terror This is what the Terror refers to when it says the Mani Tav Loch Varach Yamim that in the reward for doing the mitzvahs uh, it'll be good for you and you'll have length of days. So Pashup Shat is referring to a simple life in this world, but by all tradition we know in order to be good for you regarding the world, which is only good, meaning the world to come, not this physical world, you'll have lengthy days, you'll live long to the, to the world which is endlessly long. This is the world to come. Ramam is not saying there's no concept of a reward in this world, but this Pasuk specifically is not referring to that, apparently, according to the Rambam. Schar Tzadikim Hu, the reward for the righteous is, and that Rambam is, this Rambam is based on a Gemara. Okay, Schar Tzadikim Hu, the reward for the righteous is, they will merit this pleasantness. They'll be part of this goodness. The retribution of the wicked is, they will not merit this life. They'll be cut off and they will die. Uh, their existence will cease to be. Whoever does not merit this this life of the world to come, this is the death which is which is non eternal life. Rather, it's cut off in his evilness and lost like an animal. Like an, like an animal, its life force, its soul, is only to vitalize the body. When the body dies, the spirit of the animal ceases to exist. So too it is with the people who are who are wicked at that level. This is the punishment of Karis. Which the Torah refers to, Shinema Pasuk says, Yikaris, Yikaris, Nefashi, that soul will surely be cut off. Now, in contemporary Hasidic sources, it explains that no Neshama can ever be lost completely because every Neshama is a piece of Hashem, which is eternal, but it's various levels that cease to be. But the essence remains uh, forever, and then it continues to live on in the various contexts, and that's beyond the scope of this discussion. By all tradition, we infer, Yikaris, it shall be cut off, means in this world, so premature death. Tikras and be cut off again, but in the world to come. Clearly, meaning to say, that that soul, that life force, and vitality that separates from the body in this world upon death, in does not merit the world to come. Rather, it's cut off from the world to come as well. The world to come, doesn't have a body or a form. It's just the souls of the righteous alone with no body. Like the ministering angels. The Ramam is not saying that there's no Tchis Mason, God forbid, but he's saying the ultimate reward is the purely spiritual existence which, which follows Tchis Mason. Uh, many others, including the Ramban, disagree with the Ramam. They hold that the ultimate reward is in the physical world, uh, in Dir B'Tachtainim, in the classic terminology, and Chassidus and Kabbalah uh, go with that view. Since the world to come has no bodies, there's no, bo- there's no eating and drinking. Uh, nor anything there's no eating or drinking or any of the matters uh, bodily matters that the bodies require in this world none of the events that transpire to the physical body in this world will transpire then you're going for example yeshiva sitting vamida standing vashena sleeping omisa death the etz of depression or laughter or anything else of that nature those are all things that are relevant to physical bodies or to uh, uh, and different chemicals in the brain so to the, the earlier sages declare, the world to come doesn't have eating or drinking, nor marital relations. Rather, the righteous will sit with crowns on their head, metaphorically speaking, 
and will benefit and bask in the rays of the divine presence. Uh, we see that, that in the world to come, the Chacham said there's no physical body. Because there's no eating, then of course a person cannot survive without eating, which means there's no body. This says, sit. It's a metaphor, claiming to say, how, how do they sit? That there's no knee joints, there's no knees to bend to sit. Meaning to say, means that they're going to be there without any effort. It's just like sitting, a person's at rest. So there, they're, they're, they're in a state of, of, uh, of effortlessness. This is what it says, there are crowns on their heads, claiming to say, the das, the knowledge of Hashem, which they used, and the intelligence to, grant, to merit the world to come, will be part of their reality, that's their crown. Like Shlema said, Shlema Melech refers to himself by saying the crown, his mother crown for him, meaning the Shlema Melech's mother crown for him. Uh, again, over there there's no crown, it means the wisdom that she gave him. It says, in Yeshaya it says, the eternal joy in their heads, now joy is not a physical part of the body to rest on the head. So when it comes to joy, if it's if it's metaphorical when it refers to a crown on the head, so so too when it says Chachamim will have that crown on their head in the world to come, that is the same concept. It's also metaphorical. What do you mean they're going to bask, bask or delight in the radiance of the Shechina? They'll understand the true uh, um, comprehension of Hashem. That which is impossible to know while they are in a dark, lowly body. Whenever we say the word nefesh in this context, it's not the neshama, which in the Ramam's terminology is the part of the soul which requires the body, which 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 requires a body to have relevance, like the body of an animal, like the soul of an animal, which is only relevant to give life to this animal. And if there's no body, it's irrelevant. Rather, it is the form of the soul, so to speak, the image of the soul. Excuse me. Which is the ability to comprehend Hashem according to the maximum of its abilities, and its comprehension of abstract concepts and other other such things. It is the tzura that we explain and describe in the fourth chapter of Yisaiah In this context, referred to as the nefesh. So it's the part of the soul which lives before it comes into the body and lives after it leaves the body. This life, because there's no death with it, because death only exists in bodily happenings. And there's no body in this in this uh, era, in that era, and therefore there's no death. It's called the bond of the bond of life because it's eternal. It's connected to life, bound to it, and never leaves it. Because never because this part of the soul never dies. Shnayim the pasuk says, the, the soul of my master will be bound up in the bond of eternal life. This is an expression that uh, someone uses to say to talk to David Melech after he passes away. So again, the concept referred to in Tanakh is the bound of the bound of eternal life when that part of the soul. It returns to its its, its 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 state of transcending physical reality. This is the reward which there is none higher than it. And the goodness which is no good no goodness after it. It's the ultimate goodness. It's, this is what was desired by all the neviim. This eternal life in Elam Haba.
How the company names is called in Tanakh. These are all from Tehillim. Derech Moshe as a metaphor. Har Hashem, the mountain of Hashem. Mekayim Kachi is holy place. Derech Hakodesh, the holy path. That's actually from Yeshai, not from Tilim. Chatz Hashem, Hashem's courtyard. Name Hashem, the pleasantness of Hashem. Ber Hashem, the tent of Hashem. Heichel Hashem, the the palace of Hashem. Beis Hashem, the house of Hashem. Hashar Hashem, the gate of Hashem. Ramam chooses these ten and not other ones. Even though, for example, you have Eretz Chaim, land of the life, also mentioned in Tilim, because these ten these ten uh, examples follow the ten spheres of Kabbalah. The sage of the Gemara called it, it, it by way of metaphor. The table of the Zuhar Let's seek in this goodness which is prepared for the righteous to a meal. The kernel of Chamakim and Haba. In all places, it's referred to as the world to come. Elam Haba. The retribution, the revenge. Ein Hanakama Gedolim Menah, which is no greater retribution. Shikaras Nefesh Leiziskal Esnad Yachayim is that the soul be cut off and not merit that life. Shenemer it says. That eternal life. She never says, Yikaris, Yikaris, Nefeshahim, That soul shall be uh, surely cut off. Its sin is upon it. This destruction, obliteration, is what the Navim referred to as the uh, the pit of destruction, the Avadin, and, and uh, obliteration, the the bonfire. Aluka and leech, halosh and kliyav all types of uh, expressions of nullification and destruction are used to refer to it. Because this is a destruction which there is no uh, returning from, or coming arisal from. And a loss which is, is never, uh, never recovered. Again, in Kabbalah, it's explained, and in Hasidus, it's explained that the soul never be, is, is never truly destroyed. It's a piece of God, a spark of Hashem, which is, it, which is eternal like Hashem, but different levels and aspects of it uh, can be lost, but never the essence of, its, of the soul itself. That always remains. And the Ramam is referring to various levels. Uh, in various contexts, the essence of one neshama will join with another neshama. There's different ways it's explained, but in the simple sense of the word, the Ramam is explaining chorus in the, in the simple sense. Halacha Vav. Perhaps this goodness will be uh, unimpressive in your eyes. You'll assume, you'll think, that the reward for a person who does the mitzvahs and is wholesome in the way of truth is nothing, the, so the reward should only be, I need nothing except Allah, rather, to have, be, be able to eat good food, and have relations with nice forms, and wearing clothes of linen, and lace, and living in houses of ivory, using utensils of silver and gold, and similar such things, like these foolish Arabs, Raman refers to the people who, who he lived with, uh, in his culture, the foolish Arabs, who are immoral and uh, decadent, who are submerged or flooded with lewdness, that's one. Uh, uh, that's that's a mistake. However, the wise people who understand know. All these things are vanity. They have no benefit. And there is nothing good about them. Except for the fact that we, uh, it, there's no good about them even in this world. So even in this world, they have no true purpose uh, as an end for themselves. They only have means to an end. But just to be able to use golden vessels instead of regular ones has no benefit. However, because we are physical people, these are all physical necessities or physical desires. And the soul does not desire these things. It's only desired by the body. 
the body should have what it needs and have its health maintained. There's no body. So all these things have no, have no, have no relevance anymore. The great goodness that the neshama is going to have and be able to grasp in the world to come. There's no way in this world to comprehend it. It's like a blind person trying to, who was born blind trying to understand colors. We only understand in this reality physical things, and that's what, we, what we're interested in. However, that great goodness of there's no goodness in this world that can help you understand it, only metaphors. In truth, the comparison of the uh, goodness of Allah to compare it to the, the, the whatever benefit you can imagine, whatever great pleasure you can imagine in this world, eating and drinking ain't a cane, there's not a valid comparison. However, rather the truth is that tremendous good has no comparison to this world. says, How great is the good thing you have hidden, hidden away for those who are who, who fear you? It says in the Medrash that the Eden asked Moshe Rabbeinu before he passed away to describe Elam Haba, and he said, "I can't describe it." See, even Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to give anyone in Elam Hazer a way of comprehending what it is. How much did David Melech desire Elam Haba? Shneim Pasuk says, "Luli Hamantelis to Hashem." I did not believe that I received the goodness of Hashem. Beretz Chaim, land of the living. David Melech believed that Elam Haba exists. He just didn't believe that perhaps he'd be part of it. The early Chacham informed us the goodness of Elam Haba. A person does not have the ability to comprehend it. To, no one knows its greatness, beauty, and intensity or power. Only Hashem alone, because physical people only understand things things through physical reality, physical comprehension, and it's impossible to comprehend Elam Haba through that lens. Just like a blind person cannot comprehend colors. All the goodness, the goodness that the Nevi'im prophesied, we saw to the for only the physical aspects. Which the Jewish people benefit from in the Mesa Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, when the uh, rulership and dominion will return to the, Jew, to the Eden as a, as a Jewish government with Mashiach. And that is the immediate first step after Mashiach comes. However, the next step, which is the goodness of the world to come, has no comparison. And the Nevi'im did not describe it. Because by describing it, even by metaphor, they would somehow diminish it. They would not, they would not be able to do it justice. So all the good things that it describes in the Nevi'im, when Mashiach is going to come, that, uh, uh, for example, the, all, the, all the precious things will be as common as the dust. For example, that's all according to the Rambam in the Mesa Mashiach, which is the first era. Elm Haba, which is after that, that's going to be uh, the, the final era. That is going to be when there's some, that is so great that even the VM couldn't uh, describe it or chose not to describe it because it would diminish its uh, uh, greatness. Who is That's what Yeshua said. No one, no I ever saw it except for you, Hashem. You've made it for those who wait for you, for wait, wait for it. Claiming to say, the goodness which the, the, the eye of no prophet has ever seen. Only Hashem has seen it. Also, Hashem has made it for the person who desire, who waits for it, who waits for him. All the Nevi'im only prophesies regarding the Mesh Mashiach. However, as far as the world of 
I and the rest of the Kim Sosacha, no eye has ever seen it except for Hashem himself. This is the Chum called the world to come, which means that it sounds like the future, not because it does not exist now. And this world will only in the future, in the future, and that world will come to be created by Hashem. This will be destroyed. And that, that world will come. And of a king, that's not the case. That world is found and standing. It exists. Shinemar says, How great is the good that you, Hashem, have hidden, which you have made, etc. So, um, that means that it's, it, it exists now, it's just hidden. It's only called the world to come. Because that life comes to the person after the, this world. So, to the person, it's the world to come. Which we are in present now, physically with the body and a soul. That's where a person is first exists first, and only afterwards comes to that world. So that world, exists now, except, except that the person does not experience it until after afterwards. Should be noted that Ramam in the whole paragraph here does not at all refer to the concept of Ganadin, which is the reward in the Shama gets. Uh, even so to speak, before Mashiach comes in in heaven, uh, that's a completely different different topic. The Amma does not address it in this parak at all.